0: I want to start this morning by reading a Christmas devotional from yesterday, all right? Now, this devotional is one that you hear me read out of all the time, so you already know who the devotional is by, but I'm going to say it. It's Hope for Today, Billy Graham, and it's one of a lot of different things that I read, including word of God but it says out of Luke 2 7 she brought forth her firstborn son and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn no room for Jesus no room for the king of kings but room for others and other things there was no room for Jesus in the world that he had made imagine things have not really changed since that Bethlehem night over 2,000 years ago. God is still on the fringes of most of our lives. We fit him in when it's convenient for us, but we become irritated when he makes demands on us. If God would only stay in his little box and come out when we pull the string, our lives are so full. There is so much to be done. But in all our busy activities, are we in danger of excluding from our hearts and lives the one who made us? Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There is room in my heart for you. About a week, week and a half, no, excuse me. Several months ago, one of the Bibles that I study out of in my office I had highlighted at some point, I don't even know what month it was. It may have been back in the summer, but I had highlighted Psalm 132, verses 1 through 5, and I had emphasized verse 5. And when I read that, I didn't know when the Lord would want me to to share this. And the more I looked at it last week and then this week, you know, because. All pastors go for, they go for the, well, they go for the fence every week. But you know, on the end of a year, you kind of, you kind of, and I I may be doing what I'm about to share with you, so I don't want to seem like a hypocrite by saying that, you know, you just want to paint a picture, whether it's ending the year or beginning the year. But when I saw this, I knew that the Lord, uh, reminded me for a reason, hey, that Bible you have on that back desk, get it out and read that, and that's what we're going to do Sunday morning. I said, okay, okay. And I'll, I'll tell you more about it and why we read the the devotion from yesterday, but I want you to to follow with me only five short verses, Psalm 132, that says a song of ascent. Lord, remember David and all his afflictions, that's plural, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. Verse 3 says, Surely I will not go into the chamber of my house or go up to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Now, when Mary and Joseph was on the quest to find somewhere quick, and I saw a brand new side of this this week, talking about that whole uh, uh, path that they took that I've never seen or paid close attention to before, I knew it, but I didn't know it here, that they were completely out of town. So it's like they wasn't in Larnburg and pregnant or even up in Pinehurst, you know, close to a hospital. They were way out of town in unfamiliar territory, so to speak. They were from Galilee. And in Bethlehem is where the census was being taken. So imagine packing your family up, taking your wife, and going just to kind of like register, to vote or, or register. You know, we had a census last year. I, you know, I'm not getting in this. I believe that has a prophetical ramification that I'm not going to get into right now. But it just seems like all this stuff, just Bible just repeating itself right now in a, in a different type of way. But imagine going to register and thinking, well, we're going to run over here to register But they couldn't run, you see. We're talking about a donkey again. So they had to make the trip, and it was a long trip because the distance and the way they had to travel, so it wasn't like a 30-minute ride. And while you're there, you know, when you put the popcorn in a long time ago, now I don't even know what to make this stuff anymore, but a lot of y'all, you know when you put popcorn in with the little, it looked like the little tinfoil frying pan with the handle on it, and it would okay imagine that was not a good example so just take that away all right that just hit me that that wasn't really good but imagine being well the, the, the kind of the catch on that let me let me say this I'm turning red up here because I'm embarrassed at myself but what I was trying to get across to all of you was that when you put that popcorn in you never knew when it was gonna be ready okay So, y'all follow me now, right? That's what was going on. And you know what? That might be the most effective thing I say all day. I get back, you know, 10 people say, man, that message yesterday, that popcorn, that was really good. And so, um, they were there, and that's what happened to them. They had no idea that the baby would be ready she would be ready to deliver at the moment they were there to register and get back home to be in a comfortable environment it didn't happen the way we all planned it you know that window didn't exist and so they were caught off guard and part of that that happened during that whole process was knocking on doors what we're going to call i'm going to i'm going to relate it to the pine cone all right probably a little old inn like the pine cone, and it's completely full. Nowhere, no room, and the innkeeper says, no, can't stay here. And we don't know that it was a mean innkeeper or whatever. And just to kind of, you know, paint a picture of uh, of maybe what if the innkeeper said, man, I'd love to, but just go on and you can use my barn over there. So that might have been the best he could do or she could do or they could do. But anyway, so part of all of that was having to experience uh, not being cared for, accommodated, and what's already been traumatic from Joseph's standpoint, and it's already been traumatic from Mary's standpoint. I've got a baby. I'm still a virgin. Uh, I just got married to a man who at first had questions, but now he really knows because God confirmed for him through an angel like he did for me and I know this is right, and the last place I don't want to be is not at home, and on top of that, I can't even stay in the pine cone to have this baby. And so all of this has happened. Every bit of this has gone on in in the range of emotions and betrayal by the family and and just being an outcast and... and and, and on the threshold of being stoned for being pregnant out of wedlock. So you got this whole picture going on, church. And one of the last things you should have to worry about is not even a motel room to have the baby in. That was not even an option. And that's the way the Lord Jesus came into the earth in the flesh, and I'm not, I'm not, this is not a fifth Sunday on this, but we have to go back there for all of us to understand the magnitude of what's, what's taking place here. And that is that Jesus has always had to deal with, since day one, of people not making room for him. There's just not room. But David said in this Psalm, that we just read it, it is quoting him all over again that it got to him so much because David's the one that the Lord said he's a man after my own heart it, it, and I know about Bathsheba I know about how he did Uriah I know all of that but there was a time in his life in his relationship with Jesus that it got to a peak it got to such a peak that God said, whoa, there's a man, there's a man, didn't mean a bunch of men, there's a man down there that's after my own heart. There's a man that loves me more than anything. Even though he's still made out of flesh and bones and he's dropped the ball, he'll continue to drop the ball. He'll do things. But there's a man that's after my own heart. And David felt that way about God Almighty and when it come into his heart and into his spirit wait a minute God for years has had to dwell in a tent that's not even a permanent tent it's a tent that's moved from location to location location he's been too good to me he's looked after me and not rejecting me at the lowest moment of my life he's been too good for me for me not to make a permanent dwelling place for him to call home and say and say that is mine I can count on that place I know where I can get true love I know where I can get true worship I know I can where I can get true servant I know there is finally a place after all this time for me to get what I can call is my very own and David said this right here he said I won't stop I won't sleep I, I won't even allow me to get comfortable in my house I won't even go to my house I I, I won't do anything until I can do that thing. I am a man after God's own heart and my heart is telling me that God needs a home and I need to be the one to prove that he's worthy of all the praise and he's worthy of a dwelling place. And David said, I'm not going to stop. And so we talked about during the whole series about the humility of Jesus. We talked week after week about the fact that Jesus had to be willing to stay. He had to be willing to have no requirements. And he had to be willing to come here in the first place, but then he had to be willing to leave when most people, as I said, would want to stay around and just be oohed and odd over. He, he had to be willing to say and humble. But now I want to give you four things that the Lord has given me that I need to be willing to do Because, sadly to say, in this room, online, in the world, in the body of Christ, there is still a high demand for a dwelling place for the Lord. I'm going to give these to you before we go any farther. I don't care if you um, take a picture of the screen. Uh, These are short. You might can even just, you know, text them to yourself or make a note. But the first thing, and this is straight out of these five scriptures, the first thing that you've got to be willing to do is you've got to be willing to leave the familiar. Where you are right now, what's familiar to you, and I want to tell you this on the authority of the Word of God and the Holy Ghost right now, that if you're not willing to leave the familiar, You will not, I don't care what you tell yourself or what motivational preacher tells you, you will not properly set up a permanent dwelling place for the Lord if you're not willing to leave the familiar. Now, I just feel led to not wait and go on and elaborate on that. The familiar is, well, I've never really fasted before. All right? Uh, I don't see the point. I'm too busy. Opie, if you knew, and, and let me just say this, and I'm not trying to be funny. I'm trying to be respectful of everybody here online or people that might watch this later or share it or whatever or try to quote it. But folks, there is something wrong with the logic that says, I cannot fast, but I can go to a buffet and eat deep fried food. And I have to do that because of my health. I have majorly missed that memo. Because the last time I checked, deep fried anything spells cholesterol, and I can't spell cholesterol. I know it starts with a C. All right? But if you're familiar with that, The dog will return to his vomit is what Jesus said, all right? I'm trying to tell you where we are. A lot of people haven't made any adjustment except for wrong adjustments in the past 24 months. Nobody's made any spiritual adjustment at all. I'm being real. I've got to give an account for how I preach to everybody. Y'all do understand that, right? This is not a game for me. I'm not trying to win awards or get on TV or nothing like that. I'm telling you, I have to stand before God probably with knees knocking, of every message I've ever preached to this congregation. Wednesday night, Sunday, teaching, kids crusade, VBA, it doesn't matter what it is. I have to give an account for that. So there's a fear that I talked about last. There's a holy fear. And so that's familiar if you've not fasted before. If you've not really set up a prayer time, that's a familiar place for you. If you are good with saying the blessing or praying over needs when you are in need or your family or there's a sickness, that's familiar to you. And you know what? I get nervous. I don't want anybody to touch anything because everybody's probably comfortable. But when I'm preaching and nothing else is running, I am so paranoid. So you got to bear with me because I'm trying to be obedient. I'm trying to be sensitive to the Spirit and i'm trying to do what i'm supposed to be doing right now so i need for everybody to make sure that you understand when i say you you have got to be willing to leave the familiar there's a lot of things that we just need to leave anyway cause they're too familiar and they've hurt us they're not healthy they're not good for us it might be people it might be things it might be habits It might be environment. It might even be where you are employed. I don't know. And see, I don't have any one person in mind or thing right now. I'm just saying things the Lord lays on my heart. Because a lot of times when things are familiar, we get so attached to the familiar that we won't leave the familiar regardless. I've I've heard stories about people that would not... Um, when they were on a boat, they would they would not uh, leave their seat because being fearful and, and not grab a life preserver or e- even get out of the boat and swim to a coast guard small little boat that could, that they wouldn't leave the familiar and they died they perished because the familiar felt safer and was not near as fearful. Uh, the unfamiliar as the familiar was. And we've got to understand, folks, that if we're going to make a place for Jesus right now and going into what probably will be 2022, if the Lord doesn't call us home or our appointment doesn't show up, then you're going to have to make that decision. I've got to set my clock. I've got to get up. 10 minutes earlier see i'm not going for an hour i've got to get up and take time to read i don't want to start my day off unless god has been with me and i've been with god i don't want to do that so i've got to get up and do that i've got to make sure there's time in the day when i really just push everything out that out that has an influence on me and and I've got to embrace I, I know it's good I know I like that but it's familiar and I'm not gonna put God in the place I'm not gonna create a place in my life for him the next thing you've got to be willing to do you've got to be willing to be uncomfortable and David said in the latter part of verse 3 he said I, I, not only will I not go to my chamber of my house I won't even go to the comfort of my bed and the unfamiliar and let me just say this, when we talk about seeking the gifts of the Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit, see, a lot of people have either been taught incorrectly or, 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 or whatever the reasons are. Uh, it doesn't matter how you're raised, whether you're raised in, in a Pentecostal church, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic, whatever, or no church at all. A lot of people don't know, and so they just stay away from the unfamiliar, and you have no idea. What you're calling unfamiliar would do for you and the rest of your life and your witness and your testimony and you finishing your race on a great scale. You don't know, but see, people don't want to do that. Familiar is like our comfort zone, but what's comfortable is this is the way I like this. This is comfortable. I like, you know, like your bed, I like like to take the pillow and turn it sideways because it's, more parallel with my neck and my body, and see, that's comfortable to me. And that's what we do in this life. We live, we make everything where it's comfortable. In fact, people are all the time shopping for a new church until they get one that is comfortable to them. I like it like that. I don't like to go no further than that. A lot of people do it, well, at the driving distance. This is right. You know, and this is always, this is, a, now we've had people to drive. Back in the, in the in the old days, we had people that drove religiously. Now, you you got to get ready for this. We have about a dozen maybe that knows this. But brother and sister Small, when we were over at John's Road, when he was stationed in, not Fort Bragg. Don't look at me with Fort Bragg eyes. When they he was stationed at Lejeune in Jacksonville, Got up in the morning with their family, drove to kids' church, ate dinner, got in their car. Oh, they'd come for Christmas? No, they come every week. Anybody want to amen that so people won't think I'm lying? And then it's nothing for them to leave Maryland, D.C., drive down for a service, one service, and turn around and go back. So let me add to that. See, I need to quit because I already talked about fasting. It's nothing for me to get in my car and to drive to Redbone Alley and get shrimp and grits one hour away. But church, 10 minutes is too far. Anybody feel that? Amen. Amen. The truth to truth, church, I'm asking God just to hold me down today as long as he can wants me to stay down because I want you to get this, you know. I can rant and rave and spit and all that, but you won't know nothing but the popcorn, all right. So what we do, we have that kind of mentality. We go where it's comfortable, all right, and people do that with worship. They do that with church. Nobody really hardly ever goes to church with a giving, I'm going to give God all my praise. I'm going to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I don't care what the people do there. I don't care what style of music is. I get so sick and tired of that. And I know I talked about churches and groups and all kind of music the other day. And people get mad. We sing old songs and we sing new songs. We sing courses and we sometimes we make up courses. But listen to me. I tell people, David, the same David, that got on everybody's nerves probably at some point because he loved the high-sounding clanging cymbals and he loved trumpets and he loved beating drums. He loved a lot of stringed instruments. He he was a jammer. He couldn't help it. He just loved that, you know. He loved that. And then there's a part in Psalms where it says, Sing unto the Lord a. Y'all don't know that verse? New song. <laughs> Okay, let's, let's go to Genesis chapter. Would you say it, Eric? Okay, all right. But the Bible says that David was not even going to his place of comfort until he found the Lord a dwelling place. And me and you, we got to be willing to go to the unfamiliar. You got to. And a lot of people say in this church, this is a funny thing too, and I, I'm finishing here soon. Um, I think. A lot of people will say, I've heard this over the years. Some people are not even here anymore, but would say, I don't know that person in church. You don't know them. You don't know them. They've been coming like four years. You don't know them? Now, I I just felt like a a wind of conviction come through here. I, I, I don't know them. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever made an attempt to get out of that comfortable chair and go to unfamiliar people and say, hey, my name is, and we're glad to see you today. If you don't get nothing outside the sermon, please, please take note of that. You've got to be willing, if you're gonna make a comfortable place, uh, your place, you're not gonna make a dwelling place for the Lord. The third thing that David said, you've got to be willing to make some sacrifices. He said, I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I do this. And a lot of us in this room, a lot of us online, we've got to be willing to make sacrifices. That means that we aren't really interested in what this is going to cost me. I'm not here surveying whether... You're going to make fun of me or you're going to think I'm a fool if I raise my hands in worship or if I get up in the morning and my family hears me praying or all of a sudden I take it off of uh, TV stations and I go to one that Angie talked about in praise the other week. I, I am making some sacrifices here that need to be made. We're doing things different. I'm doing things, and something I'm quoting. Uh, just right out of the Bible that we use a lot, new wine calls for new wine skins," And so we, church, have to know that when we are willing to make the right sacrifices for the Lord, then the Lord will say, well, that's a place I would love to stay. That's a place I would love to reside. And that's somebody who's taken time and been deliberate. They've been intentional in getting things right i didn't just show up i didn't come without an announcement they know that i'm here i didn't just show up last year during the pandemic i've always been god and i always will be god i i have provided a path to salvation for over 2,000 years. So you know that I'm here. You know that I'm alive. You know that I'm God. And you know I'll always be God. And I thank you because you made a sacrifice. You did the right things. And now I feel comfortable living and residing and calling this place, your body, my home. So you got to make sacrifices in order for that to happen. And the last thing that I want you to make sure you get is you've got to be willing to not stop, and this is verse 5, until you have properly put in place the mighty one. David said, I won't stop until I've made a place for him. Now, in this life we live, we, we, we go and we make a place for this. We make a place for that. We make a place for this thing that we enjoy. We make a place, we carve out an area, and it's, don't touch this, we we make sure, it might just be a show on TV, I don't know. I'm just preaching today, I'm telling you. But we all have those things in our lives. There's no way nothing else is going to take this place, this time, this activity, this habit, this comfortable, fun thing that I do, and you know i like the fish and all that i went on in may or something like that i like do but but it's like if i was obsessed with that and i did that every day even if i meant me missing church and doing that on sunday then then see I, then there's something else in that place that's supposed to be god's place well how can you say that preacher because he said he said look my house shall be called a house of prayer and my house shall also be a place where as you see the day approaching that you don't forsake it that you don't let something else take my place my day that's my day that's my space that's my time that's my schedule on your calendar don't let nothing else take that place and that's what the lord's talking about see we've got to get to a place like david we're not stopping until we've got rid of all the innkeepers that said no uh -uh, this is for this now if there's time here we'll do this and god's sick and tired because he's had to deal with this over two thousand years since jesus got here with people saying no 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 not this not that not this time not early in the morning not the first 21 days are you serious give that back to god for real are you kidding me we have got to know that god's looking for people in 2021 going into 2022 that says listen i've made all kind of exceptions i've made all kind of places for everything else but this year I'm making sacrifices this year I'm doing the unfamiliar this year I'm doing the uncomfortable and I'm making a dwelling place for God where he knows there's always gonna be an open door a bed he can lay his head on a place where he can be worshiped and loved and he can be put first above everything God's gonna get a dwelling place this year and not just somebody that knows he He's God. See, everybody, all Christians knows he's God, but and people will give him their heart, but we won't give him our all, you see. Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present not your good intentions, not your will. Well, I've already done it this time, this, this month. You present to God your bodies as a living sacrifice god's got your sins and he's done something with but how about your time how about your you how about your affections how about everything else in your life that's what god's looking for he needs a house y'all to go into 2022. He just don't need a little tent that's here every now and then when we pop up and we need something. He needs a house. He needs a home. Once and for all, he needs you, your body, your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And he needs it 24-7. He's been homeless long enough. He has. Over here. We do it. We'll say, God, listen. Now You understand. You know what I've done, Lord. You know what I've done. God, I love you. I, get, in fact, I prayed for you to heal my family last week. I prayed for you to do. And so, what we'll do? We'll just. Well, I ain't even gonna go to that much trouble, cause, you know, I got to hurry up. And so, we'll, we'll come up and say, God, now here, won't won't this do, Lord? I'm busy. I got a lot going on. Won't this do, Lord? I said, we can even take that right there. Ain't that good enough? And see that that right there. That nonsense, that foolish-looking thing I just did right there, we do that in our flesh all the time. We'll pop together a little religious experience. We'll, we'll give God a little half-hearted, thrown-together commitment because it's tough, and we've ran into a brick wall. And I don't mean to go back and and, and rehash something, but you don't know, and it's it's mostly in men, but it's been some in over the past 20-something years where I've had... Uh, both I'll say men and, and and ladies that their marriage was on the rocks or their home was on the rocks and all of a sudden all of a sudden it wasn't a tent that got built but man it was a Taj Mahal God got it all they were at church first first row with their hands in the air like they didn't care praising God you know why? because things were topsy-turvy and things were in a mess and look I need God. God's got all of me right now because, boy, it is bad. And I'm telling you on behalf of my Lord and Savior, give God a house now, and then when the winds and the rains and the storms and all of that comes, you'll be on a firm foundation because you've got a house built where the king of kings lives inside of you, and you can withstand any storm of life. That's why so many christians are shaken with anything i felt like kramer off of seinfeld when i did that and i didn't mean to do that but we will we will do things because of we, we are need crisis type christians well i need this and this is a crisis so all of a sudden people start paying their tithes or people start coming to church regularly or, or, or people will be intentional carrying their bible or reading it or whatever they'll they'll do that but that's a tent folks we've got to get out of that going into 2022 and i'm not trying to preach doom and gloom i'm trying to tell you the truth we're about to enter a brand new era just hold on for about three weeks here and then you know it's really going to start looking crazy depressing dark unfortunately it's just going to look bad because we're heading toward tribulation And I believe we're going to be raptured before tribulation. I do believe that. No man knows the day nor the hour. Maybe I can get into some of that a little later on. But I want to tell you today, we are heading somewhere. We are on a course that even uh, very, very well-versed Christians and even pastors don't even see where we are going when it relates to prophecy and the time and the days and the season and the skies and all the signs that the lord's provided people don't even see where we are right now folks and so we that know and that god has revealed to us we've got to understand god is needing rock solid people who walk with me talk with me and he tells me I'm his own and I'm not a crisis Christian I don't just put it together I don't get my relationship where it ought to be all the time just when something bad happens to my youngins or my bank or my job or my house or my health you know the list when it all is falling apart but I've got God in my life I'm a man I'm a woman I'm a teenager after his own heart as for me and my house we serve the Lord we eat drink talk the Lord come into my house anytime I'm not ashamed for you to hear what's playing I'm not ashamed for you to watch what I'm watching on TV or what we're streaming Or down on our face praying I'm not ashamed you're a you're a preacher no I'm a Christian bought by the blood of Jesus and I've made my mind up I'm not a tent warrior I am a warrior of the cross and I'm giving God my all I'm giving him my all. And that's what God is looking for in the body of Christ. He's looking for people that understand. I'm not stopping until I clear it out. I'm getting rid of it. It's hurting me. And I'm not saying everything's bad now. I'm not saying everything's bad. Because the crappy is going to start biting real soon. January, February, they're going to start biting. It ain't bad. But I tell you what won't happen. I don't care if they're catching nine at a time. I won't be catching them on Sunday. I won't be catching them on Wednesday. Whoa, whoa, there it is. Uh, This is a good time to make this announcement. I won't be catching it on the last three nights of every month when I'm back in this church praying. If you're scared, don't come because you're not not coming here to pray in faith. So if you're playing that car, play it at your house. Don't come in here like that. I'm through with all that foolishness. It is what it is. So, if you're sick, don't come neither. But this church is starting January, open back up for prayer. The last three nights like we used to, the Lord reminded me not long ago of where the Christmas play that we still play even now while you were sleeping, where it come from. It come from prayer right here on one of those three nights about five years ago. So, in closing today, I want I want to ask you, um, you know, what is it? What is it? What do you what What do you got to do? What What do you have to? What do you have to deal with today? You know what all these are. What, what is it? Because you, you, now look, before we pray, folks, something needs to click. A thing or things or people in circles, environment, I don't know. What has to happen in your life? I'm serious. Everybody look at me, and I want you online. I want you to look. What do you have to do? What is it that you've got to deal with that's telling Jesus, no, there's not room right now? What is it? And, and, and I'm going to be, I'm just being um, as gentle as I can because honestly, some may absolutely not know exactly what it is. This is why we need to pray and say, God, would you search my heart and show me. See, I'm, I'm just quoting a Bible verse for you, by the way. Show me if there's anything in Show me what it is, God, because... I don't want to call myself a christian and not have room for you except for every now and then and it's not genuine because i just need something right now david said i'm not sleeping i'm not sleeping and i, I know you might say well you're talking about uh you're uh, talking about building a house of god well he never built the house of god but he said i wouldn't sleep he, he referring to relationship too his son solomon would do that but i want you to know that you need to know what this is, though. What is it? Is it jealousy? Is it pride? Is it arrogance? Is it you You love so much of the world? Is it bitterness? Is it something that happened to you 20, 30, 40 years ago on a job somewhere? Or with an ex or something? What? What is that, folks? What is it? Because here's the way the Lord looks at everything. Whatever it is, He can't live with it here. Whatever it is, he can't. It's got to be like that. He he can't share the bed with any of those things. He can't. I love you is what he said. Don't, Don't you love me? No, no, no. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Just, just. Just make room for me don't, don't tell me Don't tent me neither don't, don't tent me Just make room for me I want you to stand if you will And I want you to A lot of you are going to remember this But I have been um, the, the Lord has just been on me about this quite a while now and that is something that a mission God gave us uh, a couple years ago and the Lord's called it back to my my spirit and when we make a place for the Lord not a tent then we're going to care about automatically it's an automatic thing when when God's here you're gonna have the passion in the heart of God and these 30,000 people we know of around us and so whether you're here or over at the other campus or if we do Wednesday night life groups or whatever again you're gonna hear us talk about praying for people loving people leading people to Jesus and then launching people back into the world to do. We call it pray, love, lead, launch. Acts 16 acts 26:18 says that we want to pray to open their eyes and that the Lord would turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And then we want to love them. The heart with the hands represent our love. And we take that right from one of the Christmas, Wednesday night messages. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came where he was. The man he was not supposed to even be caught with. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So we've got to love people again. And then and, and yesterday was a great example of that. What what the youth did and what those of you that helped with the sale last Friday, that was another example of of just genuine love, not talking about it. And then Proverbs eleven thirty says, The fruit of righteous of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that win his souls is wise. So we've got to pray for people and we've got to love people. And we've got to love them enough that we're willing to lead them to Jesus. Yes, witness to people. You see, if God's in your life, He's really, you've made a place for Him. He is the place. There is nothing else in His place. Then you're going to have His heart, and His heart is for souls. And then the last thing we're going to do, John 20 and 21 says, As the Father has sent me, I also send you. We're going to teach people what we know and that is to launch them back out to make a dwelling place for God so that they can pray for their loved ones, their family members, so that they can love people regardless of what they arrive in, the package, the label that's on them. See, I'm not interested in the label that's on a person right now. I'm I'm interested on the label that they will leave this world with. Amen? Your label now... Drug dealer, homosexual, embezzler, adulterer, thief, liar—that I, 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 label don't do a thing for me. I don't care about that. I care about you. I don't care about your label. I care about that one that you're gonna have on you when you leave this earth. And see, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna launch people back out so that they, how many people will we see saved in a year if we do this, folks? I think way more than thirty thousand. I really do. I think way more than 30,000. I'm going to ask you, if you'll close your eyes, Father God, there's nothing we want more than you living, not only in our heart, Lord, but you're, you having us. Hallelujah, Lord, having us. And you don't have to share us no more with nothing else. You don't, Lord. And we don't even owe people an explanation. But we'll be glad to tell them about you and our premier love. But God, today we declare to you, we're willing to be in an unfamiliar place for change, on our face, in our Bible, pushed away from a table. God, we're willing to be uncomfortable. Lord, we want to be, Lord, in the middle of youth, children, any extra study we have event at church in our community inviting on our phones uh just evangelizing god we're ready to be uncomfortable and god we i pray today that you would help every one of us to know that god not a sacrifice that we make you you told the disciples that there's not a one of you that's left houses or land or families or jobs occupations money anything that won't receive more than you could ever imagine in this life and the life to come. God help us to realize the sacrifice was when you left heaven. The sacrifices when you hung naked on a cross and you were robbed of flesh staying on your body and it was ripped off. God help us to see. No, we don't, we don't ever come close to sacrificing what you did for us. And Lord, help us to have a a fighter mentality we won't stop until you are that place anybody that's not a believer you've never asked the Lord to come into your life or you've just played around and you've played around and you need to do your first works over again God teaches us that in his word all you need to do is say Jesus forgive me of my sins." Jesus help me to know that hell is not intended for me Help me to realize that if I don't accept you as my Lord and Savior, that I can't pay for my sins. Only you could do that. But God, I want to surrender all of that to you right now. Even my flesh, my sins, my ways. I don't want anything occupying my life that would not allow you to reside there. You've put up with that for 2,000 years. And Lord, I think that's long enough. So I give you me today. I give you the rest of my life, my time, my money, my attention. Lord, when I lay in bed at night, you are what I'm going to ponder and think about. So, Lord, I do this today. And if you pray, just if you will, if you're online, you can text us. The information's there. And you know what? We'll get information to you, and better yet, we'll be able to even pray for you. And, Father, I pray that for all of us that are here and those that will hear this message possibly later, Regardless of where they are in the earth, Lord, would you help us to know that you are ready for us to make you the resident of not just our heart, but our whole life, Lord. Everything about us, Lord. You're ready to call me home, Lord, not just my heart. You're ready to call me home. And, Lord, I'm not going to stop until you are that dwelling place. God, we do pray right now for the lost, we pray for our family members. We pray for our, our coworkers. We pray for our classmates. We pray for our community. Lord, we pray for them that they will come to a saving knowledge, Lord. We pray, Lord, that, Lord, you will use us, show us ways to love on them so they can see what Jesus looks like. God, open the door. Give us wisdom and opportunity to be able to lead them to you, Lord. And Lord, help us to be able to celebrate the day when we launch them back out into the world to make your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord. And let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart, let them be acceptable in your sight because you are our strength and our redeemer.